Entrepreneurs Enigma is a podcast for the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, so the wins and the fails that we all face being entrepreneurs, and how we learn from adversity. Every week, I talk to a different entrepreneur with a story to tell. I'm Seth Goldstein. Come with me on the journey. This is Entrepreneurs Enigma. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Seth. On today's show, we have Reed Mankata of Fitted Laundry. Reed is a 23-year-old entrepreneur based in Philadelphia and Los Angeles. He has gone through so much in his young life, from being homeless in high school all the way up through making his way through Penn State and starting a company that is now taking the laundry and consignment industry by storm. Let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Entrepreneurs Enigma podcast. I am here with Reed of Fitted Laundry. How are you doing? How's it going, buddy? I first met Reed when he was in college at Penn State. He's a local to the Bucks County area, the Central Bucks area. And he came in and was telling about this whole thing called shoot laundry back then. But, you know, his idea, and we'll talk about what his idea is. I met him then, and things have just gone insane. He's now in L.A. in sunny California, but like he was talking in the pre-show. He's been all over the place. He's young, so he can do it. He, you know, why not? Live, you only live once, right? So how's it going, Reed? How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I've been busy. I've been stressed, but it's like helpful stress. Um, mm-hmm. Always something to do. Always meeting cool people. And right now, I am sitting in my apartment in Los Angeles, and half of my room is taken up by people's clothes that aren't mine. <laughs> that is interesting. Explain that. Explain that. Because, well, first of all, explain the basic company, Fitted Laundry. Yeah. And then so, we'll go into why you have other people's clothes in your room. Yeah, of course. Day. So what I launched out of my dorm, uh, so when I was an undergrad at Penn State, I started a laundry pickup and delivery service because... I wanted a more convenient way to do laundry. I just had this visceral reaction whenever I had to use like the machines and, you know, I was, I just got to college. I have all these classes. I have a social life and I'm just like, all my clothes are ruined and I I can't find time. So, you know, my, uh, a few of my friends set forth to build a better laundry service. And uh, over the course of, you know, two years, it went from a, an experiment and a side hustle to a full-time gig when it went from, me doing the laundry in my in my dorm room to then us uh, meeting with and talking to you know laundromats to now we are live and operating in 18 cities and growing. I don't own a single washing machine or van. It's all software. But from the beginning days of kind of at least like in the first six months of when I was building this, my the vision of what I wanted to build shifted from let's build a better laundry service to let's upend retail and let's create a new way let's let's build a new closet and so you know this this idea came to me when you know i was you know in the basement of my dorm folding my friend's clothes and i was folding his breaking bad shirt and i was like oh i didn't even know he'd like breaking bad i've never seen him wear this shirt before and then it just hit me of like what other what else can you learn about someone based off of like the clothes they send in and it's like I'm looking at their Instagram feed of like, oh, this is the gym that they go to. This is where they work. This is how much they work out. This is how much their closet is worth. And that was just really interesting to me, being in the basement and just abstracting what is the objective thing in front of me and then taking it to another level. And so 
while that was in the back of my mind, I was building the laundry service, knowing that and scaling laundry service, knowing very well that like this is not what we're going to end up as. And we have just and you know in this in the two year span of us expanding the laundry service, I've been doing a lot of R and D and a lot of networking with individuals in the fashion and consignment space, figuring out what value is knowing what's in someone's closet. And, you know, initially I thought it was like, oh, we have big data and we can sell big data to retailers. And I was super young and unfocused and just finessing my way into meetings. And they'd be, yeah, this is interesting. Show us what you got. And we wouldn't have anything. And I'm like, oh, well now we like, people are having these conversations. It's cool. But, you know, we have to actually build something that people want. And so before we started going, like looking, okay, so B2B isn't the route to start off. Uh, so then we started, started doing a lot of like customer discovery, customer interviews, talking to people about their closet and, you know, what the pain points are. And we heard that styling is one, being able to look cool without having to put in the effort. Okay, that's interesting. The one that was the most compelling was, uh, was resale. And wow. because think about it, like a lot, uh, most people that I talk to have in their closet, a big trash bag of clothes that they will not wear anymore, that they want to donate or sell but they don't want to go through the tedious Ugh. effort of photographing and then listing it online. I can go into like any different rabbit hole, but I guess ultimately what we've been doing is so, you know, we've been running this front, right. That we're, you know, this laundry service and we are, you know, that's what we have right now. And that's what generates revenue. But what I've been working on in stealth is kind of the pieces of technology and the partnership that make this closet of the future possible. So I, I guess like the novel kind of pieces of technology that we built is a camera app, it's so it goes on any iPhone or smartphone. It's a camera app that sticks into a ring light that goes into a laundromat. That camera's on. And as your clothes, right after your clothes come out of the dryer, we swipe your QR code under the camera. And the camera knows, oh, the following batch of images goes to Seth. And then after the, oh, the cool. images are taken, uh, we've built this kind of uh, this data pipeline, per se, that takes that raw image of a garment in the laundromat, removes the background, and then adds in like metadata. So that way, it all, the item is already tagged and, and organized and categorized without you doing anything. It's all automated. That so, makes it so much better because the first thing that goes in my head is privacy, privacy, privacy. But if you're using their, their data and obviously anonymizing stuff where it needs to be anonymized, but you're also giving them an avenue to say, hey, this is easily consignable with a click of a button. Yeah. You know? And so the first people that we signed up with, I mean, we didn't put any marketing into it. We just emailed our current laundry customers saying, hey, we're offering this new service in your city. Uh, you know, the first woman we picked up, she sent in five trash bags of clothes that she was going to throw <laughs> away. If, you know, she could make a little over a thousand dollars off of all this stuff. Uh, That's incredible, dude. Yeah. And, and so it's a, it's been a lot of fun because I mean, this is like, this is something I do for fun and now I get to research. And I mean, the more I research, the more like I realize how disintermediated the, the market, all the marketplaces are like, yes, there's ThreadUp. Yes, there's RealReal. There's Goat. There's StockX. There's Poshmark. But there's each of those marketplaces have different audiences, have different types of clothes that you're supposed to sell in it. Um, you have different engagement features. Like you have to go on Poshmark and retweet and follow other people in order for your stuff to get listed. Um, and so, yeah, it's more of a social network for consignment. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, for someone who just wants to get rid of their clothes and make money and not do the work, it's a little bit of work. Like, I mean, it's not, I, we haven't even automated the process and I know what to do and it takes hours. Uh, and like most people, and I'm just the one crazy enough to do everyone else's. But that's what you got to realize. This is what, you know, why entrepreneurs are crazy in yeah. the best way possible is that like you were doing laundry. Oh, no. Other was... people's laundry <laughs> in your dorm room. 
now look, now you're manually consigning people's stuff. We're, I'll talk to you probably in a, in a month or two. You'll say, dude, it's automated. I'm like, of course it's on. You have <laughs> you can't keep it on if everything's manual. You can't. Yeah. yeah, but I think that that is like, especially in the age of like, I don't know. Now that capital is so available, more more ever more off more so than it ever was of people that are my age able to that are being able to like raise like uh, ungodly amounts of money um yeah. is i mean one day what you really need to prove is like that minimal viable product and so it's like how can you get something out there and so like while we have an engineering team building like this pretty sophisticated piece of uh, of software but before that's fully built out i have to go and validate it and i just use a notion and it's like that's the same experience um uh, I, and I love back, notion. And, and going back to the like the idea of like the, 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 t- the amount of times i just feel like utterly stupid i'm like it is all going to work out like i'm a I'm a junior in college. It's Friday night. Everyone's out partying. Uh, and here I am getting back from work at 2 a.m. to go fold laundry for another hour and a half. You could not, you could not imagine how silly I felt, uh-huh. but I just knew that like, okay, this happens for a reason. Yeah. I've listened to this part and how I built this. So like, okay, that's going to like, that's my, that's my journey. Exactly. And even more of your journey. Let's go back a little farther. Let's go back. Cause I mean, you were a, you grew up in central box. Mm-hmm. You went to CP West, right? Correct. So in high school, wasn't exactly normal for you. You had some ups, you had some downs, you had some lefts, you had some rights. And then look at where you are now. And that just kind of yeah. goes to show that adversity breeds ambition yeah. and in a good way. No, 100%. And um, I mean, so my story uh, growing up, so I had like the typical uh, middle class lifestyle. My dad worked in New York, you know, typical insurance job white collar he was he was an immigrant as well so like he he uh moved in when he was six from the from the philippines and had kind of just built up his uh from from the ground up but when i was 14 he was laid off from his job and wasn't able to find work for a little over a year and in that time is when you know we burned through the savings and uh and it kind of like snowballed into like, oh, we don't have electricity this night. I wonder what happened. Or we don't have cell reception. Us getting evicted from our home, you know, uh, they, he said, pack for, you know, pack for a week when then we'll be somewhere. And then that week ended up being three years of not having oh a stable God. home. Uh, and, you know, everything I owned was sold off in a storage auction. I, you know, our family packed everything we had of everything we had and our 70 pound dog. Yeah. Uh, 70 and, pound dog. Yeah, yeah. All right. And, so, how many, so how many siblings did you have? Uh, I had four. I have four siblings, including myself. Two of them made it out before kind of the whole situation happened. But they were. Right, so you so you have two plus a seventy pound dog and a mom and a dad. Correct. But let's highlight uh, seventy pound dogs, not a small dog. Yeah, and so we were we were sneaking Izzy into like hotels that didn't have dog that weren't allowed to have dogs, which is kind of funny looking back at it. Um, but I think that yeah, and like don't like don't get me wrong, it was like a struggle, and like it was. I had my golf banquet that was across town and I was in the, you know, it was the varsity letterman and we couldn't make it because we didn't have enough gas to get across town. So it, it was brutal. Um, but like, that's what made me me. And I think that, um, you know, what I always took to heart with my mom would always say like, you know, we're going to look back at this and laugh, you know, this is going to make you so much stronger. And I easily could have succumbed to the situation and turned to drugs or uh, just felt bad on myself and not really kind of put forth the effort. That was like, a three-year period of fight or flight, which I think is like, especially in those times, like when I'm growing, it's now like a permanently embedded sense of fight or flight that I have in me. And that's the kind of where I get the drive. Um, So, you know, I worked three jobs to one 
put on the front that I was living a normal life to every, all of my friends. And then two, to help, you know, put food on the table. And I worked three jobs. I worked at, you know, a bunch of restaurants, I caddied. Um, and I was super fortunate that, you know, one of my jobs of caddying uh, granted me the opportunity to attend Penn State on a full tuition and housing scholarship. When I found out they had a full tuition housing scholarship for caddies, I caddied because it was a way for me to get free paid and free golf. You know, it was flexible hours. I'm making like $40, $50 an hour cash under the table. And it was, and it was a great gig. And I just like learned how to network and schmooze with rich people. So when I got that and I went to Penn State, I, you know, that was that sense of, like ambition of like, I shouldn't be here right now. And I am, and I'm going to make the most of it. And so like, before I started the business, I was attempting a double major and a triple minor. And I loved it. Even though I had like two, I was doing a double major in finance and economics and a triple minor in Chinese entrepreneurship and astronomy. Like it was, it was my, some of my favorite times. Cause I would just like, I would just absorb. Wow. Like, like love Taking learning. at the bulb on the horn there. Yeah. And, wow. and that, was the, awesome. that was the thing is like, you know, I had this burning fire under my ass and I had friends that were just skipping classes. You know, I thought I wanted to work in banking and I loved the hustle of like networking your, you know, networking really hard, getting through, getting that really coveted job. Mm -hmm. And I love that competitive process. I think it brought out a lot of me, but uh, when it came down to like actually doing the work of like banking, when I wasn't looking at, <laughs> when I, I, I only wanted to look at like tech companies. And then when they made me mm -hmm. look at like random oil sands or random like manufacturing company, I was like, this is so boring. I could never do this. Um, and that's when I caught, you know, started looking into venture capital more Then I caught the startup bug. Um, and then it was just kind of all, all downhill from there. Oh my God. It's kind of like, almost like you had an adventure in high school. Yeah, I'm still, like, an, I'm still on an adventure now. <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, like, this one day, I think you'll have a book ready for this. I mean, this is this is definitely a book. Yeah, you know, I, haven't, I, haven't built, I haven't built anything great yet, but I think I'm on the way. Where I am compared to three years ago, I'd be like, baffled. would not believe it. But then I can't get, believe it. <laughs> but I got the, on this call with you and all of a sudden I'm like, you've laundry behind you. You know, that's consignment. And I met you like, what, a year and a half ago? Like, eh, maybe right before the pandemic. And, like, you were just getting started and all that. And now it's, like, in a year and a half, it's like, holy crap, you've grown a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also at the same time, it's like, um, I haven't. Like, I mean, or at least it's, it's all relative, right? Like, the... It's all relative. Uh, like, you know, like I, I would not believe how far I've come in, like, two years. If you told me when I started this, this is where I'd be now, I'd be, I'd be laughing hysterically. But you know, at the same time, it's like the the end zone's always moving, and so the people that I'm surrounding myself with now are founders that are 20 and have raised like crazy. I mean, I don't want to say that I don't want to say that raising money is the only benchmark, but like for some, like I guess the stage is kind of like the next level of validation. Or like I have friends that like off of three weeks of work on an NFT project and make four million dollars, and I'm like, what am I? What am I doing? And it's like these are the people that I'm benchmarking with. But like also, if you're not the smartest person in the, if you're if you're the if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And I'm just consistently going out and just like finding really, really smart people that I like hanging out with because it makes yeah. me feel like it makes me feel dumb. And I, I kind of like that because then it's like I have so much to learn. And that's like the, that's the whole fun part. of it. Soak it up, man. Because when, when you turn 40 like me, it's, it goes in one ear off the other. <laughs> no, your brain just turns to mush. I mean, you're not even 25. So your you're amygdala has I can't, fully formed. I can't even rent a car yet without paying these insane fees. And yeah, so Reed, where can people find you? You can find me on, uh, you can find me on Instagram. Read a book, the O's are zero. I love it. But the you can find me. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, read underscore Moncada. Follow us on TikTok. It's Fit Laundry everywhere, right? Like, yeah, like fit it, everywhere. It's fit, yeah, fitlaundry.com. Fit and then 
Uh, what else? Um, if you if you're in LA or Philadelphia and need your clothes consigned or what to sell, we can do that. Or if you're in 18 Ooh. cities and need your laundry done, uh, we will come pick it up and do it for you. Use code wow. Read Insider for I think 50% off your first order. Read Insider. Listen yeah. to that. Read Insider. <laughs> R E I D. Yes. Kind of read with two E's. So R E I D Insider. <laughs> Sweet, Reed. This is awesome. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. That was a great show. Hey, if you're enjoying Entrepreneur's Enigma, please give us a review on the podcast directory of your choice. We're on all of them. And these reviews really help others find the show. Also, if you're getting value from the show and want to buy me a coffee, go to the show notes and click on the link to help me stay awake while I bring you more great episodes to your ears. That's in the show notes, and I look forward to the next episode. Take care, guys. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.